saved me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. I call to God and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain thee. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Glory be to God on high. God, you dedicate your almighty power to all in showing mercy and pity. Mercifully grant that such a measure of your grace that we may obtain your gracious promises may be made partakers of your heavenly treasures. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Old Testament lesson for today, the 10th Sunday after the Trinity, is written in the 8th chapter of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning at the 4th verse. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, when men fall, do they not rise again? If one turns away, does he not return? 
Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but I have, they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Everyone turns to his own course, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. Even the stork of the heavens knows her times, and the turtle dove, the swallow, the crane, keep the time of their coming. But my people know not the just decrees of the Lord. How can you say, we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They shall be dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom is in them? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to conquerors, because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed at all. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among the fallen when I punish them. They shall be overthrown, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. The epistle lesson is written from the ninth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the church at Rome, beginning at the 30th verse. What then shall we say? That Gentiles who did not pursue the righteousness have attained it, that is, the righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were, based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia, O Lord, the God of my salvation, I cry out to thee day and night. Alleluia. gospel is written in the 19th chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 41st verse. Glory 
When Jesus drew near the city and saw it, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and scribes and principal men of the city were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything that they could do, for all the people were hanging upon his words. This is the gospel of the Lord. believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made whom for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, for his kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord she is his new creation by water and the word from heaven he came and sought her 
with his own blood he bought her, and for her life he led from every nation. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth, one holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with every grace indeed. Scornful wonder, Yet she on earth has union with God, the three in one. And mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. Oh, blessed Echorus. of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Four years before the revolt of the Palestinian Jews against the Romans, the city was enjoying some of the greatest prosperity that they'd ever known, even since the days of Solomon. And Jesus, the son of Ananias, stood up in the temple at the Feast of Tabernacles, which is roughly probably in September, late September, early October of the year of our Lord, 62, 30 years after Jesus. And he cried out in a loud voice, a voice from the, from the east, a voice from the west, a voice from the four winds, a voice against Jerusalem and against the sanctuary, a voice against the bridegroom and the bride, a voice against all the people unheeded and opposed by some of the leading Jerusalemites, he was finally brought before the Roman governor, Albinus, and scourged. And the Romans um, don't scourge 39, you know, 
uh, times like the Jews did. They just hit you as long as they wanted to. And as each stroke hit from the one who was scourging him, from the lictor who was scourging him, he would cry out, Woe to Jerusalem! Woe to Jerusalem! Woe to Jerusalem! Probably 80 or 90 times he cried that out before he collapsed. He was considered a maniac. And he continued his utterances for seven years and five more months before he finally died during the siege of Jerusalem when a, when a, when a stone from a Roman ballista hit him and killed him. Yet we know from the scriptures that this was not the first time those, these kinds of words echoed within Jerusalem's vicinity. No, no earlier, 30 years earlier, Jesus of Nazareth, another Jesus, the one who we consider to be our Lord and Savior, our Deliverer, the one who died upon the cross to take away our sins, that Jesus, he, as he drew near to the city, saw it and wept over it, and he cried, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children to the ground. And they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the hour or the time of your visitation. I wonder if God will say the same thing about us. I really do. Because God comes to us. And how often are we just not interested? Because we have something better to do and Christ will weep. I mean, consider Jerusalem when he visited it. The thought that Judea's Roman, Judea's Roman allies and overlords, the thought <laughs> that, that, that they, they would ever besiege their own city, the Romans would ever besiege their own city and destroy it, would have been unthinkable. <clears throat> I mean, the Jews, after all, had been allies to the Romans. They had always been useful to the Romans, and the Romans had been good to the Jews. To think that within just a few decades, the Romans would build a circumvallation of earthworks, a wall of 39 furloughs or 22 English standard miles around their city and set up several legions to man it to reduce the city by siege is unthinkable. But it happened. In the year of our Lord, 70, after Vespasian left to go back to Rome to be the emperor, his son Titus finished the siege, stripping the temple of anything it had of value in it. And all that gold built the Colosseum in Rome. So if you want to see the temple, just go look at the Colosseum. That's where they got the money for it. From Jerusalem. And a few decades later, the Romans would level the city till, till it was nothing there and rename it Capitolinus Amelia. Yet as Jesus himself draws near the city of destiny, 
He comes not only as God's emissary, as we know from Luke 4.43, and its king with whom Ammon's peace has been imparted, but he also comes as a prophet who comments on the sad condition of this famous city. The city of peace has become something that has no peace within it. And it's so amazing is that he's concerned with the fate that awaits the city, not with the fate that awaits him there as he enters the city. I mean, to fully appreciate what Luke is trying to tell us in his gospel, it's important to look at other passages within Luke. In Luke 13, 34 and 35, for instance, Jesus laments. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who were sent unto her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her, her brood under her and you would not willing. See, your house is left desolate and assuredly I say to you that you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which was Palm Sunday. That's when they said that. And then again, Jesus says in Luke 23, 28 and 30, as he is being led to the cross, I believe it's, I think it's over here somewhere. I mean, it's on the side of one of the stations actually depicts this. That Jesus turns to the, to the women of Jerusalem and says unto them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, which is incredible because he's about to be crucified. Don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for indeed the days are coming in which they will say, blessed are the barren woman who has never born, the breasts that have never nursed. And they will begin to say this to the mountains, please fall on us, cover us. But of course the mountains will not. Jesus' warnings aren't isolated, are they? Now, he is repeatedly warning his people, just as he repeatedly warns us of the danger they are in and the danger I, I and you, we are in. And the means by which he warns us is the means of his holy church to us today. For God sent them a messenger to show them the way, the truth, and the life. And God does the same thing for us today. He sends us messengers to show us the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through him. And the reluctance of Jerusalem there to accept the heaven-sent bearer of God's wisdom now becomes a source of Jesus' tears as they reject the bearer of heaven's peace. And how often do we do the same thing? In the second scene, as Jesus journeys to the cross, Jesus is weeping will find its counterpart in the weeping of Jerusalem's women, not only for themselves, but for their children so much later. So in the tumult and enthusiasm associated with, with his approach to the city, Jesus weeps over the fate of Jerusalem because they do not know what makes for their peace. They do not know what makes their peace. And peace here carries so much more um, meaning the merely just the Hebrew word shalom, which we kind of take as a, you know, sort of like a greeting. Hey, shalom, peace. But it means so much more than just mere peace, like the absence of conflict. 
No, shalom is, isn't merely peace as in the absence of war or turmoil or conflict. No, it's much, much more. It is, it is the peace of God that surpasses human understanding. It is the peace as it was meant to be before sin, death, and the devil intervened in creation to subvert and corrupt it. It is peace in the sense of the peace between God and man as man was always meant to be. For God was never meant to be our enemy. No. It is the peace of heaven. It is the peace of eternal life. It is the peaceful rest to those who die in the Lord and are blessed in their good works to follow them. That is what shalom means. That is what God's peace in our gospel lesson means. And yet the question is that we have to ask ourselves, will we receive this peace? Do we know what makes for our peace? Do we allow Jesus to gather us under his wings as his brood? Or do we reject that gathering? Because Christ comes to us and offers us his peace. Like Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Right? Do not be troubled in your hearts, neither let them be afraid. Yes. And where do we find the peace for our troubled hearts? Where do we find the reasons why we are not to be afraid? Well, we find them here in this place. This is Mount Zion, if you will, by analogy. This is the place that God sends us to receive his peace. And these gifts that he has here, his word and his sacraments, these are the things that make for our peace. Our peace is given to us in the waters of holy baptism where the, the, the blessed water that flowed from Jesus' side is collected in a font. And, and in that baptismal fountain, we are born again of water and the spirit. What Jesus did for us upon the cross is now what he does for us in baptism as he drives out our sins and washes us clean. So that though our sin, sins are like scarlet, we are made as white as snow, as Isaiah says. And secondly, from Christ's own altar there, which is the Temple Mount of Mount Zion, here in Fairhope, Christ gives us his own body and blood to eat and drink for the certain forgiveness of our sins, so that we will know that between you and me and God there is peace, a peace that goes beyond our understanding, a peace that comes only from the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And because this peace, we do not have a reason to fear because our sins have been forgiven. We have peace. We know the things that make for our peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Thank you. Lord Jesus, receive these gifts of service and alter the preaching of thy holy word. In your name, O Lord, we pray. Amen. Just like to thank everybody and, and welcome you to Redeemer today. It's nice to see every one of you and uh, note the blue news for this week. Uh, we have a few things coming up, so uh, please note those things that they apply to you. And next Sunday at Sunday school time from 9 to 10, we will have our rally, our Sunday school opening for the new year. So we hope that everybody can be part of that as well. It should be really nice. Um, also, we have a couple prayer requests today. One is um, for um, Hal, a friend of... Uh, 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 Patty and, and Pat and Smitty, and just and Hal is having heart problems, so we pray um, we pray for uh, Hal, and we also um, they also ask that we pray for their friend uh, John, who is also having issues with heart and brain bleeds, so we pray for him as well. The Lord be with you. In the name of the, in, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, for our president, Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray this day for Doris and Alice, Joyce and Mary, for Mark and Eddie, Norma and Kim, Suzette and Wilhelmina, for Tara and Wanda, Melissa and Bonnie, for Gray and Bob, Martha and Meredith, for James and George, Larry Dean and Earl, for Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, for Hank and Jay, Tracy and Michelle, Carl and Karen, Jimmy and Tina, for Ainsley and Kevin, for Ron and Jesse, Ralph, Theo, Easton, Waylon and Ryan, and we also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Clark family, the Parsons family, the Bolton and Ohio family, and the Davis family. We pray also for those in service to our country's armed forces, especially Riley, Paul, Hayden, and Paul. And we pray for all of our university students, including Minnie, uh, Aiden, Jacob, Kelsey, and Mia. We pray also, Heavenly Father, for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, the eternal salvation of them that believe, 
hear our prayers on behalf of thy servants, Hal and John, for whom we offer up our supplications, and we implore thy aid and mercy for them, that they would be restored to their former health so that they may render thanks to thee in thy church. We ask this through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord. 